Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for tuning in to the Sons of UCF Live replay. A reminder, if you want to catch the live show on video, always available on our YouTube page. Just search Sons of UCF. And the Sons of UCF is proud to be sponsored by our friends at Gordon and Partners. Since 1993, Gordon and Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust. So contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. You can visit their website at www.fortheinjured.com or send Michael a text at 407 913 Five zero. Don't trust just anybody. Trust the best. And trust a fellow knight. Gordon and Partners. For the Injured. It's not just a haircut. It's an experience. Welcome to Sunday UCF Live. Good night. Charge on. I never know who's going to turn around in that chair with Monster the Barber. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Rilke. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Adam, Mike, happy Cinco de Mayo to the both of you. Happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody. Good to see Timo getting a fresh cut. I wonder what his, uh, what his, uh, I want to see what his order is. I wonder if Monster can give us the insight on the Timo special. We saw Trace in the barber chair. Anything's possible, right? (laughs) (laughs) I thought to that moment that I might be the most famous person of our show to sit in that chair. But now, I mean, look. It's been surpassed. It's, uh, I'm excited. He still needs Cartwright, though. He still wants Cartwright. Cartwright is still his wife. White whale. Uh, I'm waiting for Coach Malzahn uh, to get in there. Uh, so, gentlemen, good evening to you. Uh, some breaking uh, decommitment news to lead off the show. Quarterback David Widner, Coco High School, decommits from UCF. Mike, we barely knew him. He's already committed to Ole Miss. Yeah, I wonder if there's had anything to do with NIL. Maybe not. Maybe they're just offering him a scholarship. He was going to be a preferred walk-on for us. I saw him play that one time. I was very impressed with him. I was hoping – I thought he'd have a shot to be a starter, and, and not not this year, but probably next year. The kid looked pretty good, so a little disappointing to see him go. I think you needed to get in there with a little NIL money of your own, and maybe perhaps we would have kept him. Yeah, well, funds are a little tight right now. I don't have that much to get. <laughs> Death, taxes, and me freezing off the top of the show. That is a consistency and a Jacksonville Jaguar – 
inking a UCF player. Those are the there consistent things. The two things you can you can bank on. Adam That's freezing right. and a, a night to jag conversion. Oh, by the way, I'm recording the hockey game right now. Don't have any idea what's going on. Nobody say anything about the score. You guys don't give me any updates. I've, I've got it on right that. here, which I, I can tell you. Tell it's it's the first period. I'll turn, I'll turn this thing off right now. <laughs> You'll turn us off right now. <laughs> That's That's a I don't know what to do with that. Is that a promise? Uh, okay. So no updates on the hockey game. Adam, there are now going to be people flooding the bottom of the screen. Don't bring up any of those score updates. I don't see any of those comments anymore. <laughs> Even better. Uh, some other news. Uh, Brett McMurphy of the Action Network reporting Cincinnati, Houston, UCF negotiating a settlement in the 17 to $20 million range to join the Big 12 next year. That's a dollar figure that he has advanced. If I knew Monster had Timo in the chair, maybe Monster could have gotten a little information uh, out of him on that. It does seem, though, that with Timo saying May will be a date, uh, a time frame where they want to wrap this up, maybe. We're getting closer to the uh, conclusion of this. Well, an important note, um, I saw Matt Merchel and Jason Beatty were reporting that that figure may not be accurate. They didn't uh, specify what the figure was, too high, too low. Uh, for context, UConn paid $17 million to get out of the AAC when they left without the 27-month notice. So this is in that ballpark. So don't know which camp is feeding which camp, which number. But, I mean, we all thought that $17 million, uh, number was probably close. But to be fair... UCF and their other schools gave more notice than UConn. So you wonder if there's a bit of a discount there. Oresco is going to want as much as possible. Also interesting to know, UConn's doing that in installments. So they're paying the $17 million, uh, up until 2026. So it isn't like we got to cut one big check, but you never know. I want to know who leaked this number. Because if it's coming from Oresco's camp or is it coming from the schools that are joining, I think that makes a difference. And when you see the final number, then you see who's really in charge. And, of course, UCF may not have all of that money in hand right now. Perhaps they forego a little future television uh, revenue in order to get a, an advance from the Big 12 or what have you on this to pay that off. So, Mike, will you be talking to Terry Mahajer this weekend? Charge on tour kicks off Friday in Tampa, Saturday in real South Florida. Did you clear your schedule? Are you able mm. to go and ask the tough questions? I am not. I'm, I'm oh. sticking with this. This is horrible planning. Both stops. I mean, the Tampa stop is at four o'clock on a Friday. How many people are going to be off work in time to get there? And then the Lightning have a t uh, playoff game that night. I don't know how many people are going to choose going to see the tour stop over a, t uh, a playoff hockey game. Then you're talking about the stop here, also during a Panther hockey game. And, you know, in the middle of a Saturday afternoon, a lot of people have a lot of plans. I, I don't expect big crowds for these things. Hopefully I'm wrong. Did you ah. say hockey? Did you need a score update? I can give you a score update. If you don't want to see me for the next 55 minutes, then it yes, go ahead. So, it's so tempting. It's so <laughs> it tempting. really is, actually. It really is. But Mike does make good points about the conflicts. Of course, you're never going to find a schedule, a date, a time that works for everybody. No, I mean, listen, you can't please the masses, right? But it's it's still a cool event uh, for those who can get out there. And in some respects, maybe the more intimate it is, the better it is, right? The more opportunities fans get to interact with with Timo. I saw uh, Todd Dagenet is going to be at all the stops. I don't, do we know if Johnny Dawkins is, is going to be there or how many he's going to be at? But Far more know, likely like, to go now that UCF Mike is <laughs> foregoing the first two. Probably. Uh, yeah. So I think it's look, it maybe less people. It's more intimate, um, gives you some opportunity to to rub elbows and say hello, um, you know, but 
I agree. You're never going to get everybody there, uh, but it's a fun time. I've never been to one. I know Mike, you've been to a bunch of trades. I know you've been to a few. So everyone who goes always says they have a fun time. So if, if your schedule is less compacted than UCF Mike's is get out and see one of these. Plus the Tampa thing, I think is, is before the baseball game trace. Is that, do I have Correct. that right? Correct. Okay. Before the baseball so if you're coming game. over so for the baseball game, swing in for, you know, a quick little elbow rub with Timo and then move on to the baseball game. How close is the charge on stop from the baseball game? Questions that we don't know the answer to. That Mike is the live. We come up with a thousand, Alex. Question that Mike Dale Mabry, so not far, not far. Yeah, can we come up with a graphic though? Mike's unexpected, non-researched question of the week, or something like that. We have a graphics department now at the Suns UCF. I'll work on that. Yeah, you've been kicking it with the graphics. Been doing a good job. Uh, One of the questions, perhaps, that one of Night Nation will ask head coach Gus Malzahn at these charge on tour stops is. What he expects to do at running back, of course, they they tested out uh, some two back sets during spring camp. I asked uh, Night Nation to grade the running backs on my Twitter poll this week. A plus, the overwhelming winner, 47%. There is no reason to put a C or a D or an F in that poll. So Night Nation feeling pretty good about this. We have talked about the use of Isaiah Bowser. To me, that is the biggest question is how Coach Malzahn and his staff, uh, you know, use Bowser and then what else they do to mix things up because they've got some versatility in the backs. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Bowser one, Richardson probably two, right? They're two completely different style of backs. Um, you know, Richardson obviously a little shiftier, can probably come out of the back for a little bit, uh, more speed I think than Bowser has. It's after that that I'm curious because what does Gus do? Do we go situational, right? So if it's goal line, do we go Mark Anthony Richards, who's obviously a bigger back than let's say RJ Harvey? Um, you know, if it's, you know, we have the ball in our 20 marching down the field, do we go with, you know, Harvey or Trillian Coles and do any of the young guys get in the mix? Williams or McDonald are both, you know, young, talented running backs. So I'm curious what happens after one, two, is it situational? Is it just hot hand? Is it clearly a depth chart situation? Are there still third down, you know, first down, you know, type of, uh, of splits there? I think Bowser Richardson to me, clearly, I don't know if you guys disagree or one, two. Yeah, Bowser is the workhorse back. He he's the bell cow running back in this group until if he gets hurt. I mean, he's been hurt every year of his college career, so we can't count on him, especially given the number of carries he gets every year. So it's good to have another guy similar frame as his. Maybe I, I'm looking at Jordan McDonald, man. That kid looks like a house. So he, he looks like he can uh, fill right in for Bowser. And then you got the other speedster guys in there to, to mix things up. But I, I like the way the whole room is made up. Of course, uh, two wild cards in there is what do we see from R.J. Harvey coming back after an injury? And how does Gus Malzahn use QB1, John Rice Plumley, just to stoke that controversy a little bit more? Because, you know, he's going to be running the ball in some capacity. I wish he was, uh, whatever the running situation, we expect a good offensive line. But it'd be nice to have our first guest of the evening back on that O-line. Jordan McCray joins us now. You know him from the USFL's Birmingham Stallions. Jordan, welcome in to the Sons of UCF Live. Hey, how you guys doing? Appreciate you having me on. Doing well. I've had opportunity to interview you when you were in Orlando Apollo and a Tampa Bay Viper. How are things going in this new USFL for you? Have we lost you, Jordan? We've lost you, Jordan. We had you <laughs> off the top. Are you there? Jordan, are you there? Ah. Oh. Now we've lost Jordan. Uh, he, he's borrowed the UCF mic 
technical support uh, situation right off the top of the show. <laughs> He's hearing chipmunks in his ears. <laughs> well, we enjoyed our time with Jordan, and now we it have It was fantastic. We were sure. Oh, hold on. We may be back here. I see some people. Jordan looks like he's back. Jordan's back. Yeah, I'm Jordan. back. I'm not sure what happened right there. Not a worry. I had said that uh, I had opportunity to interview you when you were in Orlando Apollo and a Tampa Bay Viper. How are things going for you now in this brand new USFL? Uh, things are going great, man. Uh, we got great coaching, great players, a nice setup here in Birmingham with all eight teams here. I thought it would be a little bit more difficult. But things have been smooth. Games have been going well. Um, uh, us especially have a great crowd for every game. And uh, it's been a whole lot of fun, man, especially playing with uh, with and against some UCF Knights. Uh, Marlins on my team and going against Speedy and Kazi this weekend. So it, it should be fun. Yeah, Marlon had a really nice touchdown the uh, the other day. How cool is it to have a fellow Knight in your locker room to be able to talk about ball with and just have a familiar face? Uh, it is pretty cool. You know, Marlon's actually a lot younger than I am. So I never – I know I knew of Marlon from how well he played at UCF, but uh, actually getting a chance to really know him and uh, see the type of player he is, kind of a person he is, uh, it's been a, it's been a whole lot of fun, especially being on the field and winning with him. You're playing for the Birmingham team, but all the teams are playing all the games in Birmingham, right? So how does yeah. that work? Do they go to their own cities to practice, or is everybody stationed in the same city the whole year? Man, we're we're state we're all stationed right here in Birmingham. Um, usually, two teams share a practice field, so us in Tampa share um, Hoover Metropolitan Complex. So we'll practice in the morning; they practice in the evenings, and then we'll meet at adjacent times. So we we meet in the evenings, and they uh, meet in the mornings. We all share the same uh, athletic training room and and weight room and all that kind of stuff. So we see a lot a good bit of each other every single day. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's been smooth so far and uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not going to lie. Initially you were all housed in hotels. Is that still the case or have you fanned out to your own accommodations? So they, uh, for training camp, everybody was housed in the hotel for free. And then afterwards <laughs> you were given a discounted rate for the hotel or you can find your own place. And if you did a little bit of homework, like most guys did, there's a lot of cheaper avenues to go. Like, um, short-term leases and stuff like that. So a lot of us are staying probably about 10 minutes away from the hotel, but um, some guys are still staying in, in the hotel just for convenience. And then we still meet and have weights and uh, training sessions there as well. So. As Trace mentioned off the top, you obviously had a chance to play in the AAF. You played in the, in the XFL. Both those leagues, unfortunately, did not make it for a multitude of reasons, some of them pandemic-related. How has your experience been in the USF, uh, USFL so far, and, and what have you seen different uh, in this league than you saw maybe those past leagues you were a part of? Uh, the difference I've seen is, is a little bit more organization. Um, we have – and then having everyone here cuts a lot of the costs down for travel. So they, they've been making – and then also having us pay for our rooms while we're here, but we're getting paid compensated pretty well also. But uh, just those avenues right there, uh, making sure that the league lasts a long time. And the backing that we have from this league with, with Fox is just uh, so much better than most of the other leagues I've been a part of. So they're doing everything to make sure that this lasts for the long haul, just not this season. College football looks completely different nowadays as it did when you were playing. Yeah. Now we got the transfer portal. We got NIL, all that stuff. What do you think about the way college football and the direction it's going starting now? Uh, I just think now it's really more of a business um, with NIL and 
in the transfer portal. Like, guys, it's, it's kind of – it's good because college athletes are getting compensated for some of the work that they do, but it's bad in the sense that smaller schools don't get a chance to develop their own talent or keep the guys that, you know, they found as steals. You know, if a guy is an All-American as a freshman at a small-time school, like nine times out of ten with NIL and how much money he can make at a bigger school, he's probably going to leave. So it's hard to keep guys – that you homegrown or found found um, doing a great job recruiting. So I think that's the, the bad part of it. But I do like that guys are being able to get paid for their likeness, you know? How, how do you think O'Leary would have reacted to this whole new era? <laughs> uh, I, 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 O'Leary is as old school as they get, man. So I don't know how much he would have divvied and dabbied in, in some of the, the NIL and the transfers and stuff like that. But um, he probably, I'm not, he probably wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> he'd have had trouble managing it too right yeah. i mean you've got guys that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars to promote products and and everything he would have had difficulty with that how would you describe the quality of play uh in this usfl especially compared to your most recent ventures in the aaf and the xfl uh i would say the quality of play is similar to each level each level had a similar quality of play there's a lot of good guys that you know, or right on the cusp of making the NFL roster that for some reason or another haven't gotten that chance. And they're all just fighting to get a chance to, to, to prove themselves in that nature. So it's a lot of guys that are just working really hard to try to take that final leap. And uh, guys that just love playing football, you know, you're not, you're not making millions here. So it's guys that really enjoy the game. And I think that gives a better product on the field and just better talent as well. You mentioned NFL. The draft just took place, and, and one of UCF's players, Cole Schneider, signed an undrafted free agent contract with the Green Bay Packers, so he'll be starting his pro career. What advice would you give him as sort of a veteran in football now, been through a lot of different things? What advice would you give a young guy like Cole Schneider as he starts off his professional career? I'll probably say two things. Uh, one is that you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't just be one a one position player. You got to be able to do uh, a lot of things, especially as an undrafted free agent. And then two, I would probably say is, is you got to be, make sure that you're, make sure that you're learning with every snap. Like uh, as an undrafted free agent, you're not going to be a guy that gets a lot of reps and you want to make sure that whether it's a mental rep, you're watching somebody else, that's your guy that's going to make sure that they take advantage of every opportunity they get. So that'll probably be the two things I would say. All right, you were there in the year 2013 where we started to become the Cardiac Knights uh, and so many close games in that season. Which yeah. one of those can you still not believe that we pulled off? I'm not going to lie. Every time somebody asks, asks me anything of this nature, I say the, the, the Louisville game. Okay. Like, uh, I knew that we had a chance to, to be a really good team that year. But uh, being down 21 points and uh, in that environment against that great of a team, I mean, that's the only team that they that, – we're the only team that beat them that year. So, um, being down 28-7 and they come back winning 38-35 to was probably one of the most fun times I've ever had playing ball. And um, I, the sideline when we were down by that much, how upbeat everybody was, and it was just a it was a great feeling, a great great win, and a great team that year. What do you think about this current era of UCF football under head coach Gus Malzahn? Um, I think we're trending in the right direction. I think a lot of the success that UCF has had in the past, this recent past, um kind of like deters some fans away like if, if it's not a bcs bowl it's a bad season and we just got to find guys that fit fit the offense and defense that we're, we're we're working with right now 
And I feel like Coach Malzahn is doing that. We have a lot of great players on on the on the team right now, and I think we're gonna have a really good really good team this year, man. I really do. Let's go back to your time at UCF. Obviously, a lot of folks remember you and your brother playing together, Justin. But little known fact, you're, you and your other brother, Cliff, so you, Cliff, and, and Justin all played on the same line and the same aim against Rice. From what I read, that's the only time the three of you have played together at the exact same time on the field. Do, what do you remember about that moment? How special is that to you as a family that all three of the McRae brothers were on the field at the same time? Man, that was it was incredible, man. That was really part of the – most of the reason that we came to UCF was to, to have the opportunity to play with Cliff. Uh, we found out he was going to get the medical hardship and have two more seasons together. And, um, man, it was just special, man. We all have such a great bond. Obviously, me and Justin because we're twins, but uh, Cliff as well. A lot of the men that I am today and football players because of Cliff. So just being able to share that moment. And my dad had my dad and my mom had that picture posted up in the house of all of us on the field at the same time. Uh, it's actually funny because me and Justin are missing blocks. The only one that's actually attached is, is Cliff. But uh, but it, it, it's, it's special, man. We're it, it was a really really good experience. I'm happy that we we got to share that together. You and your twin Justin obviously look exactly alike. Have you guys ever been tempted, maybe uh, with Justin over at the Texans? Maybe he's not feeling well one day. Say, hey Jordan, why don't you go to practice for me? Anything like that? You, you know what? That that crosses our mind every now and then. But um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let um let him keep doing his thing, and then once I finally get my chance to get back in the NFL, maybe we'll, we'll think about some type of switcheroo. That remains the dream, right? You want to yeah. get another opportunity in the NFL? But you've played in different leagues. You've been playing professionally for many years now. You love this game. No, yeah, definitely. I love playing football, and uh, I know that. You know, I'm blessed to still be playing. You know, I, I mean, this month I'll be 30 years old now, so I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm getting up there. But to be able to play at a high level and still have my dream intact is a, uh, is really a dream come true, man. And and uh, I'm just really blessed to be in this position and keep keep following my dream. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. One of the best things about the show um, is that we get a chance to get the audience involved. So I'm going to seed my question to a uh, to a, a viewer. Robert wants to know, what do you miss most about your time at UCF? Most about my time is just, like, being around the team. Like, a lot of those guys uh, I'm still in close contact with, uh, talk to almost once a week at least. But just uh, being in the same point of life as a lot of those guys, like all of us were, were freshmen, sophomores, or young guys just trying to find a way on the team or still chasing our dream of playing ball and being in the same situation. So, it's uh, the fun that we had on and off the field and just uh, that camaraderie that we had as, as teammates and, and building something is uh, what I miss the most, to be honest. You're from down here in South Florida. You're a Miami guy, right? So right. I know you're, you're busy with the season right now, but have you been able to keep in keep up with the, the heat in the playoffs? The Panthers are in the playoff. You keep up with any of that stuff? I've been, I've been keeping up with the heat, not watching as much as I would like to. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm a big-time heat fan and, and – and honestly, uh, probably as a fault to myself, but not much of a hockey fan, but I'm always going to root for the hometown team, so I hope both of them win it all this year. Do you want an update on the hockey game? Because no. Mike is uh, – oh, oh, Mike, you still know on that. You just still don't want a score update. He's threatened to shut us off if we give a score update. <laughs> Tell us about this weekend's matchup. You're on Fox 7 o'clock against Tampa Bay. What can we expect to see? Uh, I think we can expect to see a really good game. Uh, we're 3-0. They're 2-1. 
they have a great team, great quarterback, and we have the same thing in our in our handle. So uh, we've been practicing well this week, and uh, I think we'll just be ready for another close game, and uh, hopefully we can do another to to get it get it done and, and move to four and zero. What do you think about some of the technological enhancements, some of the aerial cams? They're trying to give you as many different angles as they can during a game. I think it's really good for the viewers. Um, to be honest, I've, I've only watched film, so I'm not really uh, looking at the TV copy as much. But um, in some of the other games I have, and, and it's, it's and every. I think that is how we'll – are you back, Jordan? We lost you there just for a moment. You still with us? Uh, live show. That's a live show right there. Jordan McRae, we wish you well this weekend and your continued pursuit of professional football and for being with us on the Sons of UCF Live. Mike, has he sold you? Will you check it out? You're, you're such a naysayer on spring football. I hear you on the pod. Come on, you got to root for our guys in the USFL. I like when I see the highlights of uh, Marlon Williams breaking tackles and running for the end zone. But to uh, plan my day around watching the whole game, no. The other highlight that I really enjoyed was that guy that sat on the other guy's face. I don't know who's saying to his face. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan's back. Jordan, (laughs) Jordan, you missed Mike Mike saying that he's not going to schedule his life around the USFL. (laughs) He's not sold yet. Sell him on this. Sell him on tuning in and supporting uh, UCF guys in the USFL. Man. you got you got to watch it, man. A lot of these guys are, are are fighting for another chance, or just fighting for the love of the game. It's good football. It's guys that that have been in preseason games, been on active rosters, so it's a good brand of football. Um, I mean, most other sports are coming to an end anyway. So, like, what else do you have to do? You might as well t- tune in. Can I get you? I know you said that Marlins on the team. Is there another UCF guy? Man, uh, uh, Rennell Hall and Rashad Kazi play on the Tampa team and we just played against Neville Clark, uh, who plays for the new Orleans team. And, but I believe that's all we got for, for UCF guys. All right. Well, I need you to recruit a third guy. Next time Marlon scores a touchdown, I need you guys in the end zone. One with, with the U, the other with the C and the other with the F and, and, and <laughs> organize a UCF celebration. How's that? Hey, you know what? I'm going to talk to Marlon about it tomorrow. We have, we have an actual celebration meeting on our walkthrough day. So I'll make sure I bring that up to him. Well, that could just convert Mike to being a USFL fan. (laughs) Jordan, thank you so much for being with us on the Sons of UCF Live. Continued uh, good wishes for you the rest of the season. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right, right, Mike, come on. Give him a chance. Saturday at 7. You're not going to the Charge On Tour. How's your evening? My evening's actually clear. I have two softball games in the morning, one at 9, one at 11. Then I got this kid's birthday party from 2 to 4. Uh, I'm going to try to record the hockey game. Maybe I'll watch that at 4. It might end right at 7 o'clock. Maybe I'll check it out. Did you say hockey? It's a second period right Don't now. say anything. <laughs> uh, Adam, uh, yes. new open for the show tonight. I, I saw that Gordon and Partners logo scrolling across. Yeah, look, we're really happy that Gordon and Partners have uh, have stepped up and want to be a part of what we do around here. Uh, so if you need support, if you have uh, legal questions, you're going to want to trust you know, the people you're talking to legally, right? You don't want to call somebody like UCF Mike here. That's not going to help you out. Just reach out to Gordon and Partners for theinjured.com. If, if they don't have the answer, Mike Hoffman, he is an alum. He will help get you the answer. You need people you can trust in this space. 
Gordon and Partners has Mike Hoffman. I trust Mike Hoffman. You should too. So check out Gordon and Partners. That's fortheinjured.com. Little plug there. We do appreciate their support and promising things to come as well. There, there's some things that you're you're working on that uh, I want to give away just yet. But we're always working around here, Trace. It may look like this thing all just throws together at the last minute, and it usually actually does, by the way. But there's always something we're working on. We don't always execute on it, by the way, but there's always something, you know? You executed on getting Monster the Barber, a, a Sons of UCF Yeti. That's uh, That was pretty good. Listen, what a friend of the show. I mean, he's brought us Plumley. He's brought us Cole Schneider. He's brought us Timo now. You did a walk and talk with him. I mean, he is by far our, our largest PR marketer that we have. So it's only fair that he gets a Yeti. Hopefully that stays in front of his uh, his station. I'd love to see a future, you know, chair turnaround. Maybe McKenzie's drinking out of it or something. I mean, we got options here. It's all I'm not no pressure monster, by the way, but uh, we got options. <laughs> He's got a streak going now. He's been on the show how many weeks in a row? Uh, for a, a non-son that doesn't work on the show, I think he's setting a record. Well, you know how this works. You just sort of stop by, <laughs> you hang out for a while, and then yeah. you're part of the family. <laughs> it's fair. No, it's fair. I've We're looking for like before. eight more sons, so he fits right in. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you've yeah. promised to bring on up to 12 people. <laughs> Thanks to Gordon and partners. Uh, support of the show. You mentioned softball. You have a game on uh, Saturday. How are how, How's the team doing? One team's very good. The other team is improving. <laughs> and, the, and you manage both of these? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm an assistant coach on the other. I can't, I can't manage both. Sometimes we have conflicting times, and so I have to stick with the older ones. Is the team you're managing the, the better of the teams? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the team that's not as good was my team. Yeah, I, I just passed it on to, to the other guy. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Wow, yeah. Speaking of softball, uh, 15th ranked Knights, that's the Softball America poll. They're top 20 uh, across the polls. 42 and 11, 14 and 1 in the AAC on senior night or senior day on Sunday. A combined no hitter from two seniors. Gianna Mancha came a Woodall, the 20th no hitter for the Knights. You'd think they've got this thing wrapped up, right? They've got a weekend series at Wichita State, but Wichita State's 13 and 2. If Wichita takes two out of three and they're going to be home, they're going to win the American during the regular season. It's just hard to imagine that the Knights at 14 and one ranked could still find themselves not winning the regular season crown. Yeah, baseball, softball, I mean, those seasons are grinds, right? This isn't football where you got, you know, one game and, or basketball, you got one game. It's, it's a grind of a season. And, and that's where, you know, you, you trip up against a Houston here and there. And all of a sudden you put yourself in these spots. It's, it's unfortunate because it's been a fantastic year. Obviously, the, the team has, has, has probably exceeded, I think, expectations. When we had Elo on, he was kind of like, I'm not really sure where the ceiling is. I don't know if he had this as the ceiling, but, you know, it, it, that's why this season turns out to be a grind overall. Baseball, softball, you know, you, you, one game here and there. Sometimes you don't want to freak out over one game, but, you know, sometimes it can, it can be the Mike, most of you. Mike, I'm trying to hold it together here while Mike is slowly <laughs> choking on some sort of a chicken bone or something here. So, so the, uh, so the viewers to appreciate the fact that this is not polished television. <laughs> yeah. We give you a moment like that. Yeah, there we Ooh. go. It's all choked up. Over <laughs> a little swallow wrong, but uh, hey, done. huge weekend for softball. We need to get re restitution for last year. Remember, it came down to the championship game against Wichita State, and they got the best of us, but uh, this year is our year to come back. <laughs> Again, whoever takes two out of three here is going to win uh, the regular season, and uh, Mike is just... <laughs> 
left <laughs> left the program. He should, didn't he didn't mute himself we, though, <laughs> which should have well, been better. By the way, there was a goal, Mike. A goal was just scored during the oh. hockey game. Oh, a no. goal. A team oh, no. scored Shut a goal during Shut a up. hockey game. <laughs> that team now game, that team may or may not hey. have a lead. <laughs> Mike is more red. Robert, there you go. Mike is more red than the UCF Stadium. (laughs) Uh, Let's uh, wish the softball Knights uh, a good weekend at Wichita. Conference tournament was supposed to be at UCF, but AAC said, you're leaving the league. You don't get to host the conference tournament, so it'll be in Greenville at ECU next week, depending on where the Knights are seated. Perhaps, uh, you know, we may even be head-to-head with them. We'll have to see how it works out schedule-wise. Meantime, baseball. Baseball's won six of seven. Uh, I got to like the interview with Coach Lovelady this week. He's like, office, let's just find somewhere new, and then we end up outside. He with the shades, me without. But uh, you can find that full interview on the Suns YouTube channel. I'm going to throw something out. Mike, you can cough and choke again at this. AAC Coach of the Year, Greg Lovelady, as the Knights 10-5, and despite all of the injuries. 27-17 and overall. They go to Tampa. They swept the cows earlier this season, Warren I-4 this weekend, but he's got them contending here for an American Conference uh, regular season championship with nine regular season games in league to go. Many are saying this may be his best coaching job since he's joined UCF here. You mentioned all the injuries, the key players, and to have this team in contention right now, uh, we got to finish strong, though. Let's not crown them before the season's over. Huge series this weekend. you got to take advantage of the cows. And, and we'll talk about it after that. Well, they won on Tuesday. Adam, were you there? They were I'm here. North I'm, 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 I'm all over here. No, were you at the game? Oh, no, it's not the game. <laughs> but I'm here right now, though. So, so baseball comes to your part of the, 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 the state, yeah. and you don't go. And the charge on tour yeah. is going down there by my – come on. Come on, guys. But uh, yeah. Knights are on an eight-game road trip. So they get the first one, 8-5 at North Florida. The weekend series in Tampa – Got a midweek. Miami's up to number two. Hey, that's another one down by you, Mike. You could see that's them right. against the Hurricanes. And then they're at Houston before they finish at home for four games. Uh, spoke with Coach Lovelady. As I mentioned, you can find that on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. But let's uh, hear from him on playing the Cows this weekend. And obviously, I think they're going to come out and compete. Um, you know, obviously, the, the, the rivalry will, will increase their compete mode, just like hopefully it does ours. Um, but I think, you know, again, when you, when you got these two programs – in any sport going up against each other, I think everything gets thrown out of the window. Records get thrown out of the window, like um, your last 10 games, your last 20 games, you know, injuries, non-injuries, who's playing, it doesn't matter. Everybody's going to go out there and want to win. Um, so we know we're going to get their best. Um, and uh, we got to be prepared. And we got to go out there and worry about us and control the things we can control. And whatever the game asks us uh, of us this weekend, we got to be ready to do it. All right, let's uh, talk more about the Knights winning six of seven with our guy who joins us every week, Stephen Branca. Uh, he's part of the ESPN Plus broadcast covering the Knights. Stephen, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for the uh, the Tumblr. Very nice of you guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, he got one too? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course I mean, even, one, at, even after the banter you and I had last week, of course. Uh, I mean, Adam appreciated well, it, I think. So. Now, yeah, now you know who's in charge of the Tumblr, Stephen. <laughs> exactly. It's very yeah, apparent. Yeah, I, I, who's, I know who's who in the shipping and receiving happy. department yep. around here. Yes. Yep. I, I have to ask. 
<laughs> do you well, though <laughs> i need those so you know how's the product placement going though where's uh, you know do, do you have it to drink out of right now during the show i don't have it because i gotta wash it before i That's use true. it it's yes. one of yeah. those deals so i don't have it yet but i will have it for the upcoming shows okay gotcha uh, you were on the line you heard me perhaps say that maybe just maybe greg lovelady working himself into american athletic conference manager of the year what do you think of that I mean, doing what he's doing right now with this group, there's no doubt that I think he deserves that. I mean, it's dealing with the the injuries, the ups and downs. Um, I mean, it's been <laughs> nothing short of a miracle so far what they've done with those guys. I mean, you look at the people that have been out. Alex Freeland, arguably the best player to come through here, um, you know, Nick Romano's leading the team in hitting when he went down. Connor Stain has been in and out, one of the best pitchers in the country, like not to mention the other guys. Uh, so to be able to win the amount of games so far and be on, you know, this kind of run that they are, it, it's very impressive. Big one this weekend uh, for, for the Knights, obviously playing the Cows. So finish this sentence for me, Stephen. For UCF to beat the Cows, they have to do blank well. They have to pitch. They have to pitch well. Um, offensively, they're going to score enough to win games. It's whether or not they could keep other offenses at bay. Um, and USF's offense can score some runs. I mean, they got some guys that can do some things. Um, they haven't been playing recently, so I'm not really sure what they have going on over there right now. But a few of those guys have been out. And uh, I don't know if we'll see them this weekend or not, but they got to be ready for that. They got to be ready to see those guys um, and be able to pitch and play defense. Now, like I said, I think they're going to score enough runs to win games it's because they've been doing it recently. They've been scoring. They've been doing things offensively that have been, uh, you know, what they've wanted to do all year. And so uh, if they can pitch and play defense, they'll be in a good position. Well, Lovely's been uh, pretty creative with the rotation the last few weeks. Um, what does it look like this weekend? Yeah, I don't know. It might look a lot like you saw this past weekend. Um, ben Vespi threw really, really well. Um there's no reason to take him out of that position at this point. I mean, if he's going to do that week in and week out, there's no reason to move him. Um, seven strong innings from him last week. Um, that was that was fantastic. I mean, if if Coach Lovelady knew that that was going to happen, then he is a genius and deserves that award, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> but uh, guys like Will Saxon have pitched really well. Um, and Cameron Crane they've been using on the weekend uh, here and there. And so um, – for them to I, – I, I fully expect to see Vespi and Crane, um, whoever the other guy is at this point, based on health and, um, you know, what they're seeing in practice. That's – who knows at this point. I mean, it's – and I think that's what they like. I mean, because it's, it's a toss-up for their, their opponents too. They don't know who they're going to see. And it's really tough to prepare for a team when you don't know who you're going to see. It was easy for us going into these Friday, Saturday, Sunday games knowing – this is their Friday guy. This is their Saturday guy. This is their Sunday guy. I know what to expect from all three. They all have their tendencies. They all have their tips. They all have these pitches that they throw. You can be prepared. Uh, when you don't know who they're throwing, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a guessing game, and it makes it tough. We saw the return of Connor Stain. Looked a little rusty as the interview was ending, and I was walking out of the stadium with Coach Lovelady. I was asking him about that blister situation, and he just talked about it takes a while to heal, and the way he throws and the way the ball comes off his finger and the way it hits the nail, all of that combines. It, it just takes, a, takes some time for him to get back and be right. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, anytime you throw a baseball, I mean, I think the part that you're looking at, it's the middle finger, it's the inside part of the nail. And so the ball is just, like you said, coming off of that every time he throws. And so there's a lot of pressure that's happening on the inside part of that finger each time. And so you're seeing a lot of discomfort whenever that happens, a lot of re-aggravation. And so it's one of those deals you you don't want to shut a guy down from throwing because then you're dealing with arm issues. But at the same time, if you don't shut down, I mean, it's just going to keep flaring up. And so you kind of have to find a way to rest somebody enough to get that finger to heal. So I'm not sure how they're going to handle it because it doesn't look like it's uh, going well right now because we haven't seen him in the full capacity like we had him earlier in the year. Of all the yeah, guests we've had on the show. You don't have to give me the finger. Every well, time. I was just going to say, of all the guests <laughs> we've had on the show, I did not expect Steven to be the one that would show us a middle <laughs> finger on a live stream. I'm showing you a middle finger. I'm not giving you the middle finger. There we go. <laughs> Big difference. Trace messages off the top, uh, Steven. Uh, Knights in the midst of an eight-game road swing here. As a player, what do you do to keep yourself sort of, you know, ready and, and able when you're on a tough uh, road stretch like this? Yeah, uh, stay hydrated. Uh, nutrition's a big deal when it comes to this because you're sleeping in. I mean, you think about how many different beds they're going from back and forth right now because this upcoming trip, you know, they're going to USF and then they got to go down to Miami. So they're going to sleep in a, bit, a different bed over in, in Tampa. They're going to sleep in a different bed down in Miami. And then they're going to another one over in Houston, not to mention the ones that they're staying in here in Orlando. I mean, you're talking about four different beds that these kids are going to be sleeping in over a, a week span. And that's a lot to take on for kids that are 18 to 22 years old. Um, it's You got to get your rest. You got to be nutritionally right. Um, mentally, it's going to it's gonna take a lot out of you. They got, I, I fully expect that it's going to be really hard to win all of these games on the road. But I think they got a really good chance to win all but one or two. And if they could do that, I mean, this is that's going to be quite the the road stint for them, uh, especially the way they've been playing. We got to take out the brooms this weekend, especially right. The South yes. Florida of those three teams is probably the team that's playing the worst, and it's a rivalry. Yeah. I think we got to jump on them early, and and then from there we build the momentum. Yeah, I think, like I said, if they could shut them down with the pitching, if they could shut them down and diminish their confidence with the bats, then I think it's a no-brainer. I think they could sweep. But like Coach Lovelady said, I mean, it's conference. It's a rivalry. I mean, there's no telling what can happen when it comes to this rivalry. You know, it's not like the other sports. You know, the other sports, athleticism can just take over and win a game. Baseball is the ultimate team sport. And so it's it's anybody's game anytime. I mean, you guys know this. And so uh, especially with the rivalry mixed in, you never know, and it should be a sweep. I mean, it, it it should be. One of the players we had the opportunity to speak with at the preseason media day was Tom Joston, and his season hasn't quite lived up to expectations. He's starting to hit a little bit lately. Boy, it'd be nice to see him keep that up down the stretch run. Yeah, he has the ability, clearly. I mean, he was a preseason all-conference guy, and um, he's shown in stints where he can do some things. I'll never forget the ball that he hit at Auburn. Uh, it probably still hasn't landed. I mean, it was a moonshot, and the kid has that ability, and we're starting to see that now. He looks like he's getting comfortable. Um, 
looks like hopefully he's healthy. I don't know if there's any issues going on, but he looks like he's moving better. Um, looked really stiff at the beginning of the year. Uh, looks like he's starting to loosen up, starting to play a little bit, um, starting to get comfortable, like you said. And he's a guy that they need to get going for them to continue on this streak of winning some games and uh, kind of getting where they want to get to at the end of the year. All right, so we're not talking about the hockey game right now because Mike is taping the game. He doesn't want to see the score, Stephen. But I've tried to nail you down on a baseball team. You slipped out of it. I tried to nail you down on a football team. You slipped out of it. There's no way you know any hockey players. So, Stephen, who is your favorite hockey team? The New York Rangers. That's the okay, only we got team. One. The only team I root for is the New York Rangers. I have an old-school vintage Wayne Gretzky 99 jersey. I used to have the New York Rangers trash can in my bedroom when I was a kid with the Stanley cup on it from 94. I mean, I wow. had all out um, everything. I actually was in Madison square garden five years ago for, I think it was game five when they won the first round uh, of the playoffs. Uh, me and my brothers went to that game. And so uh, I am a big New York Rangers okay. hockey fan. So we're not giving the Panther score out, but I can tell you the Rangers are nope. up three two right nope, now. We're not allowed Rangers. to get that out either. Rangers three two. That was a tough game that they lost game Ooh. one. Double header, okay, Mike. I mean, it was. Yeah, Mike was freaking out there. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, hey, hey, hold on. But I, yeah, I'm a big hockey guy. I just I have so much respect for those guys and what they're able to do athletically. I mean, it's just that's probably the one sport I couldn't step into and play right now. Every other sport I feel like athletically I can handle. Hockey, no chance. All right, so you guys are making the trip down to Miami on Wednesday. What's the itinerary look like? Do you ride with the team? Are you driving it by yourself? Because you're passing right by my house. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you <laughs> ride with the team. That's a logistical nightmare. I'm so glad I don't have to do this one. You know, you 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 basically you have to, to stay <clears throat> Excuse me, at a hotel down in Miami after the game, and then you're flying out of Miami. So you're telling these guys they're going to be there away from their homes from Wednesday to basically Monday morning and hope that they haven't forgotten anything. And I'm telling you right now, there's going to be enough stuff forgotten to where <clears throat> somebody's going to lose their mind. And I'm glad it's not me this year. I can tell you that. <laughs> You mentioned earlier, Key could be pitching. Let's end with this. Any concerns on your part that uh, there may be some fatigue setting in for some of the guys in the bullpen? No, no. Um, you know, you still have to think about they have – David Litchfield should be fresh still. I mean, it's it, – I know he didn't pitch great toward, you know, the after the first few starts, but he was a back-end guy – last year and did pretty well and so you still have him waiting in the winds to get back on track and get back going and i think that might be something that they're doing to just allow hey we got this ace in our hole that we got a guy that's rested and ready to pitch out of the bullpen that has experience doing it and was really good doing it and so um and then moving vespi around and having crane and Saxton moving back and forth and all this, uh, the versatility is what's really helped them. And so um, I'm not worried about it because so many guys have pitched in so many different situations and succeeded so far. 
You heard it from Stephen Brankett, who joins us again this week on the Sons of UCF Live. Stephen, thanks much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. All right, let's go around the kingdom. Mike, here's another one. Your neck of the woods. 22nd-ranked women's tennis in the NCAA tournament. They're facing 40th-ranked Alabama Friday, 10 a.m. in Coral Gables. Will you be there for that? Coral Gables is not really that close. It's about an it's hour. Closer than it is. more than an hour. 10 a.m. on a Friday. I do have a job, so no, I will not be. How do you think they're going to do? You're our uh, tennis and tennis golf expert. expert. This whole block of information, I'm just going to ask you, how do you think they're going to do? They face the winner of uh, 12th-ranked Miami and 64th-ranked Stetson from uh, nearby DeLand here in Central Florida. All right. So, I mean, we, we have a, a favorable matchup here against Alabama, right? We're ranked much higher than them. Maybe Stetson can pull the upset help us out because Miami's going to get that home cooking down here. So you'd like to see them get knocked off first. If that happens, then I like our chances. Ah, you covered that pretty well. Wow. Women's golf, fifth seed <laughs> in the NCAA tournament, Ann Arbor, Michigan, May 9th through 11th. That, again, the eighth time in 11 years in the NCAA tournament. Surprising here, men's golf, they're one of 14 schools in the New Haven Regional in the NCAA tournament, hosted by Yale. Last NCAA appearance for the men, 2017-18 season. This is their 10th appearance. And some soccer news, you know, soccer's men's soccer in particular is the odd one out in the Big 12. They don't offer soccer, but... Interesting, the AAC announcing the additions of UAB, FAU, FIU, Charlotte for the 2022 season. They join, of course, UCF Memphis, Cows, SNU Temple, Tulsa, all part of the league. By the way, Mike, I'm giving you advance notice. There are games at FAU and FIU, so you'll be able to not mm -hmm. cover those as well uh, when soccer comes around in the fall. And uh, men's basketball, a couple of announcements uh, today. Uh, they make an official forward. Michael Durr comes in from Miami, from Miami, from Indiana. And uh, I checked with sports information. Uh, let me let me hope I get this right. Forward Lahat Chun is here now from Utah. And uh, that is probably not how I would have pronounced it had I not asked uh, shortly before we launched the show. But uh, two additions, uh, Johnny Dawkins. Uh, getting closer to having a starting five. The only challenge is combined trade. Last year, those guys averaged two points and two rebounds a game. There's room for growth, Adam. I won't have your pessimism. Keep that to the podcast. Throwing out the stats. Throwing out the stats. <laughs> All right. Let us uh, open the mailbag before my house starts beeping at 9 o'clock. Let's see if we can get that because uh, we still have that alarm situation. Repair guy coming Friday morning to, to deal with that. So. Let's not stall for. We have a walk and talk. You guys we ready have a for a walk, walk and talk? talk? A, a newbie, a first timer, first time, long time, with a uh, walk and talk question. Here we go. Hey, sons, this is Charlie coming to you from Columbia, South Carolina, where they're getting ready for the parade celebrating their national championship ladies basketball team. Which brings me to the question: What's the next sport that you guys think that? Uh, UCF is going to be able to win a national championship. We can have this kind of excitement. I know we already have a, a football one, but what's next? At uh, Capt Vege, right? C-A-P-T-V-E-G-E. -E. That's pretty good. Dodging people. That's pretty good walk and talk effort right there. What's the next uh, sport to win a national championship? I still think it's something like a tennis, perhaps. Uh, a women's or a men's tennis at some point. Yeah, I want to say football, right, obviously, but we recognize there's not even an option to sometimes get a chance to play in the playoff there. Basketball, for, I feel like we're, we're out on, on both sides of that right now with rebuilds probably on both teams. So I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to go uh, cheerleading. 
Yeah, cheerleading is always the answer because we're always in the, what, the final three. And we, we won a couple of national championships. Um, outside of that, you know, football, Gus came here to win a national championship. We've won one already. There it is. So I think that, that's probably our best chance. That's where all our resources are going to. Um, so that, that's got to be it. And, by, and talk about walking talks. Trace, yours this week was fantastic. Who is the guy in the background waving his arms? <laughs> no clue. Do you know who that mystery guy is? No clue. No <laughs> Does clue. he even know who you are? Uh, I don't know. He probably knew who Eric Henry was, though, because who doesn't, really? Um, Eric Henry, again, with the uh, cutoff shirt, likes to show off a bit. It was good to see Eric at the baseball game. Adam, I love the music. Love the music. Just, just for you, Trace. Just here for you. to the questions at one of my favorite Twitter handles, at Hugh C. Hef. Uh, with the NFL draft in the books, what's next for KZ's career? Playing in another league, coaching, NIL, entrepreneur, other. Certainly, he is uh, developing a business in that NIL space. Uh, be interesting to see if he might be able to hook on in one of these leagues, though. Maybe a CFL or something that would take uh, advantage of his skill set. Well, let's not forget, he's about to be a new father, a new husband. He's going to have some family priorities. Maybe going to Canada won't be in his best interest or what he wants to do for his family. Obviously, he's he's made himself a, sort of a name in the NIL space, and he's been hanging around UCF. Maybe a, maybe a coaching opportunity pops up. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say no to playing. I think family and life kind of take precedent for KZ, in my opinion. Look, he's becoming a well-rounded guy. He's already been around a bunch of different coaches, learned a bunch of different systems. Now he's learning the business side of it, the NIL stuff. That's only going to help him when he starts dealing with the recruiting and all that stuff as a coach. So he's going to be a hell of a coach one day, and it's not going to be that long from now. Robert, at two letters, two words, who continues to encourage people to send in walk-and-talk questions. Thank you for that, Robert. Asking about the old line between the haves and the have-nots. Uh, in football, uh, the distinction between G5 and P5. He's wondering in this NIL era, is the line between schools with old money versus new money? I think it's money versus no money. Yeah, I think it's it's money versus no money, right? I think it's crazy money versus sane money at this point because you're hearing so many figures. Uh, SI.com had an article this week about some of the different collectives that are out there, some of the different dollar values that are being raised. And I think it's really just going to be about who's got deeper pockets. It almost becomes a a, uh, a pocket race at this point. Um, and I don't know, you know, I think some new universities may have some new tech, you know, uh, graduate who started some widget that's now worth $8 billion. So I don't know if it's old versus new. I think it's just crazy money versus sane money. This has been going on forever, guys. And now it's finally out in the open and we see it happening right in front of our eyes. But Alabama's always been paying these guys. Florida's always been paying these guys. Miami's been doing it forever. Now we get to see it. It's an ugly business, but it's what's always been happening. I will send $100 hmm. to Adam and UCF when we get the hockey score before the end of the show. <laughs> that, hmm. that is interesting. Uh, <laughs> right. opportunity here. <laughs> I like that. Mario's on your side, though, Mike. Mario's on your side. Well, there's truth in that. There's truth yeah. in that. Uh, our buddy, Brian W. Peterson. Just for fun, if you could rewind the clock back to 2017, and goodness knows a lot of UCF fans are stuck in 2017, would you choose to keep Scott Frost at UCF for the foreseeable future and see what happens or move forward to 2022, knowing we have Gus Malzahn as a result of Frost leaving in 2017. The ultimate. I need to understand the question. Are you telling me in 2017, I would have been told, hey, you can keep this Frost guy or you can get Gus Malzahn? Or is the option saying like, hey, do you, do you keep Frost at all costs? Because 2017 Frost could do no wrong. 
I mean, we all would have kept him. We all would have said young, hot coach. He's our next, the next Bobby Bowden. He's the statue outside the stadium. And he's gone to Nebraska and just imploded uh, in terms of running a program and keeping things afloat. Where if you told me, hey, in 2022, we're going to need someone to build us a program. Clearly, Scott has not proven to be that guy. And that's obviously where you think Gus would be a better fit. But in 2017, any one of us would have pushed anybody out of the way to keep Scott Frost here. So if you're asking me to go back then and tell me Scott Frost or no Scott Frost, everyone would have taken Frost all day. Can I throw a little variable in this? Do we think Scott Frost continues down that path of success, or was he a one-year wonder at UCF? I think he, it depends on the situation he's put in. He's put, in, put himself in a very tough situation in Nebraska. If he can recruit at a place like he did here, down here where there's plenty of talent, I'd hate to see him go to South Florida one day or any one of these other Florida schools because I think he'd do a great job at any one of them. I think he's just miscast, right? I think it's as simple as just wrong, wrong, right person, wrong place. You know what I mean? The, to Mike's point, he put him in Texas and Florida, maybe California. Maybe he gets more recruits. Maybe he gets more things working. Um, I just think it's a, it's a, he's miscast in the Midwest where you're not going to get speedsters to come play at, at Nebraska. I mean, this isn't your grandfather's Nebraska anymore. I think he's trying to make it that, but I think it's just miscast. What is the number of wins do you think he has to achieve to hang on to his job, right? It's it's not going to be three, four, five, six, seven. He's got to go at least 500. I mean, He's 500, gotta go to a bowl I think. Game. He's got to go to a bowl game. Are fans the... going to be happy with six and six? No. No, 500 is the floor. But look, here's the thing. Nebraska just got put under like a, a super, super easy yeah, slap were, of the wrist penalty, right? $10,000. Yeah. I mean, super easy, but it gives Nebraska now the opportunity to maybe potentially get rid of Frost for cause. So I think that maybe sets up down the road. I think he's got to go 500 at minimum. This is year five for him. If he's not contending for the division title in the last month of the season, I think he's in big trouble. Yeah, then he's in big trouble. At UCF Guy 23, in honor of the Stanley Cup playoffs, do we break the guy code and reveal a score? Asking how many people have been to a UCF ice hockey game? Did you even know we had a team? I have previously interviewed some of those guys on, on that team, not seen a game, but I knew there was ice hockey, a club sport at UCF, and they're pretty good. I knew we had a club team. I can't tell you that I've ever been there. I can't even tell you. I know where they play at, unfortunately. No, I've seen the uniforms, though, and they look pretty cool. They got yeah, some sweet jerseys. Cool. They are cool uniforms. The Iceplex, um, RDV is where they play. Ah, okay. At uh, B underscore Brando, with a funny question to end the show, and beat the clock on my alarm. Do you all listen to other UCF podcasts? Which one, other than the Suns, of course, is your favorite? And, and he says he, he he bets he can guess our least favorite. Adam, what about you? Oh, boy. So uh, I, I <laughs> look, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, every now and again, I'll tune on one or two shows. If I'm going to have to name drop here, Pegasus Pod is probably the show Christian I listen and to. Bailey, they're Christian friends Bailey, of the show. They've been do on a nice before. job. I, I, if there's a good interview, you know, if someone's got a good guest, you know, I'll check that out. But I honestly don't listen to UCF shows, not because I don't like them. I want to form my own opinion. I don't want to hear what somebody else says and then try to recraft my thoughts on something. I, I, it's just easier for me if I don't know and I just come at it organically versus having my opinion swayed. So I have ceased a lot of listening. Every now and again, Bailey and Christian, I'll check out. And if, you know, the guys at Black and Gold have a good, uh, good interview or something, maybe I'll check that out. But I try to stay away from UCF stuff so I don't get my mind cluttered. I got a lot of stuff going on anyway. I don't need more UCF stuff. I used to listen to all of them. And I mean all of them. All of them. Dudes on the Mall, 
1980. <laughs> guys, it, song that you never even knew existed. And now, lately, I don't listen to any of them. I, I, to be honest, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me doing this twice a week and UCF Overload, but I don't listen to any other podcast anymore. I don't even listen. I used to listen to ours. I don't listen to ours anymore either. I still listen to you guys. Thank you. And uh, I think Christian and Bailey do a good job with Pegasus. Appreciate the work of the folks at the Banneret. I like to listen to shows that are connected to UCF alums. And uh, a UCF alum in Ryan Anders, who is a part oh. of your show uh, wow. this week. We don't That's know easy. a lot about him, but you know what was interesting? It's back to that theme that we had with B.J. Taylor about leadership. And you could hear that hesitation in his voice when he was asked about leadership on this team. Yeah, listen, if any of you out there have questions about what happened in the last uh, basketball season, I think Ryan said a lot and then didn't say a lot to kind of give you the insight as to where things were at. I think he talked two things specifically, Trace, that you mentioned. One was who was the vocal leader, who was kind of leading the charge. Mike asked a great question around who was that who was that guy. And he kind of said, really, we, we didn't have somebody. And then we talked about the offense. And basically, he described it as whoever had the hot hand, that's what we did. And, uh, and, and when we didn't have the hot hand, basically, we didn't know what to do. So uh, everything that we all kind of surmised from a fan media standpoint, I mean, he, he kind of co-signed. But such a cool story. There's a video of him getting that scholarship at practice, which is awesome. Uh, obviously, he's a part of a lot of great memories, a lot of great moments, gives some really great insight. And all due respect to, to guys like Ryan Anders and, and Levy Renaud, who they knew they weren't getting in night after night, kept showing up to practice, kept fighting hard, being good teammates. It's easy to look at the stars like a Mackenzie Milton or somebody like that and say, what a great player. But, you know, guys like that who come in every day, you know, buckle their chin strap, tie up their 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 laces and, and keep playing. I, I think I have a lot of respect for guys like that. So I'm glad Ryan was able to join us. Uh, you don't know much about him, but you should. And you can find him on episode 178. Great kid. Great interview. I enjoyed it. Uh, kid that bleeds black and gold is a night for life. And we talked about it on the show. Once a night, always a night. This guy really is. Well, tonight, tonight, always tonight. <laughs> hey, there's the beeping. There's the beeping. Not a Time's clock. Up. Now we know what's happening. Now we know what's happening. Monster the Barber, Terry Mohodger, Jordan McRae, Stephen Bronca, and all of you for your questions and your comments during the show. And uh, Mike, we won't reveal the score of the hockey game, but you go and enjoy that. And uh, we hope to see you next week on the Sons of UCF Live for Adam and Mike. I'm Trey Strolko. Go Knights! Three, two Rangers. Go Cats! Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.